Welcome to the Plus Podcast with Midwest Direct, a marketing and communications company focused on helping marketers develop engaging messages and interpret the results. We deliver over 2 million messages every day that land in mailboxes, inboxes, and show up in online advertising. When your campaign is over, we help our marketers understand their results and plan for future campaigns. We recorded these podcasts to support clients in all the avenues in marketing that you have to execute every day. Subscribe to our series now. Welcome to The Plus Podcast. My name is Dana Fowler, Internal Marketing Coordinator at Midwest Direct. In the last episode, we shared the first part of Gary Seitz's presentation from the CLE Nonprofit Summit hosted right here at Midwest Direct in February of 2020. So far in his session, How to Clone Your Best Donors with Marketing Attribution Tactics, Gary has gone over how to find new donors using the profiles of current donors and why finding the right donors is so important. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, take this opportunity to pause here and go back and listen to the first part of the session in that episode. As a reminder, we have Gary's full presentation linked below if you want to follow along with the PowerPoint or you can just keep listening. Today, we are going to jump into the second half of Gary's presentation to go over the knowledge and data behind creating or finding a customer profile and what to do once you find those new donors. So Gary, take it away. So it starts with data enrichment. Going through the cloning or the profiling process starts by adding data to your donor records. Uh, first with demographics, then there's six different areas that we're going to talk about. Uh, this process will, will or can add phone numbers and type of phone, whether it's a cell phone or a landline. Uh, the age in two-year increments, you can add birth date if you want. Uh, income levels for the household, those are in ranges. The presence of children, depending upon your cause, you can even add the gender and ages of the children from these processes. Their education level, high school, college, post-college, graduate degrees, and occupations in generic terms like professional, technical, homemaker, retired, blue collar, finance, whatever, is all available. The next is lifestyle interests. Um, Information about are they boaters or RV owners? Do they enjoy reading, health and beauty, home decor? Uh, are they pet owners? I believe you can actually get down to differentiating of cats and dogs and the types of sports interests that they have. And I'm going to show you examples of these here in a few moments. Philanthropic, are there interests in environmental, health, political, religious, or the arts? This is all at the household level. So for each one of you in this room, this data is available for each one of you based upon your household. And it's collected from surveys, from purchases, from magazine subscriptions. Financial income, net worth, um, whether you're a, a donator to causes and what types of causes, we'll look at those in a few moments here. Your discretionary spending dollars, which, which amazes me, but the fact is that that information is available. What you spend online and what you spend offline. And, and whether your investment in stocks, bonds, and uh, other types of funds. Property, your, your home market value, whether you're planning to move or whether you've just moved and when you moved, uh, the square footage of your home, 
it goes down to how many bathrooms you have and if you have a swimming pool or a basement, how long you've lived in the home, um, whether you have a second property, an investment property or vacation property. Uh, and even helps you do some mapping, and we're going to look at that also here in a moment. And then other, whether they're your seniors, what types of ailments you have. Now, it's not specific. It will be ear or vision or um, I think in some cases you can get diabetic. Um, and occupations can be added as well. Um, donors of social concerns, and these are specific, again, at the household level. Um, military, Alzheimer's, arts, cancer. Uh, Catholic charities, children causes, uh, health causes, military, wildlife and environmental. Again, this is one of the higher areas of, of donation right now is wildlife and environmental issues. Native American, religion, world relief, uh, and other charitable donor activities, animal causes, children causes, conservative causes, or liberal causes. Uh, political and social causes, veteran causes the number of charities that a person has donated to in the last three years, the number of donations they made in the last three years, their propensity to donate, and even the total amount of dollars that they've donated to charity in the last three years is available to add. So, and I'm not quite sure because I, I create the, the content here and then Michelle goes and adds the graphics. So either Michelle is really interested in elephants or she's latently telling us that she's a Republican and interested in conservative causes. Um, and I'm going to find out when I do an overlay on, <laughs> on Michelle. Your print and mailing provider should save you time, trouble, and have a positive impact on your cost. At Midwest Direct, we have the facility and team to get your mail projects out the door and to your clients quickly and with as few touches as possible. If your mailings have gotten too complicated or time-consuming to do in-house, it may be time to hand them off to a production facility like Midwest Direct. We can take your mailing from list through print, assembly, and off to the USPS all in one place. We are staffed with postal experts, so we ensure your mail is meeting postal specifications all along. Contact us today for help with your print and mail production. So, these, this profile process, so what happens? So, take your database and these demographic information, or these other six areas that I talked about, are, are added to your database. They're matched on the name and the address. And again, you gotta have a good address in order for this information to be matched. So it's added to it. You don't get it. You don't get the information. You get a report of it. Um, that data is simply applied to generate this profile report. I'm going to show you some here in a few minutes. So it reports on your donors. And then it also reports on the same data in that same geographic footprint where you currently have donors. So we can see how well we are doing or not so well doing in that same geographic footprint for each one of those demographics that we've put on. And I'll show you that here. Builds a very simple model. And a, and a model is that whole mathematical thing that Sheldon and I do at the beginning of the presentation that says what are the best demographics or interests that match your current common 
recent donor and identify those households and score them. And I'll show you that here in a moment as well. So in order to do this profile cloning process, we need a minimum of 500 records in your database. And it will actually do up to 100,000 if you're a larger charity. Uh, you can take in 100,000. And again, you like to keep it to the last two years of donors that are your common donors to your program. Removing the exceptions, removing those that are out of your geographic footprint. These uh, profiles cost in the range of $500 to $1,000 each. It depends on how many records you have and how much hygiene work has to be done on the data beforehand. Uh, but you'll usually never spend more than $1,000 to get one of these. And it will give you a series of counts that tells you what's available. Okay, so most profile packages that are available in the marketplace today uh, work with this fixed set of demographic standards. Age, gender, income, uh, children's ages, whether they're in the home, the type of home, the home value, um, whether they have credit cards and investments, and some of their lifestyle dimensions. And, and those are grouped together. And I'll, I'll show you an example of those. So what I'm going to show you is a charity, but we use two different profiling packages so that you can see the similarities and the differences between the two of them. Uh, because one of the packages uh, uses that fixed set, and that's all there is to it. The other one uses up to 550 different demographics to report on in its profile and in its modeling process. And I'll show you the difference between the two of those. And as a user, you can decide which one you want, which is easier to use for you, or how we target those or clone those customers. So uh, profile A is on the left. Uh, and you'll see that the way that it works is uh, it does the ages and in increments and then says here's the percentage of your donors and then here's the percent of population in the zip codes reflected in that donor group. And then it highlights where you're having the most success by creating what's called a penetration index. So here what it's saying is that 20% of your donors are between 55 and 64, and this is live data from a Cleveland-based charity. 20% are in that age group. 15% is the population in the zip codes where they have donations for the last two years. So it says that they're doing extremely well in that age bracket, but in these two age brackets, they're doing even better. 65 to 84 is their prime because the scores there are 165 and 166. So this package represents it in bar graphs. The left side dark one are their donors. The right size lighter blue or teal, whatever, represents the percent of the population in the zip codes where they solicit donations from. So they can see how well they're doing. And you see here where the bars are higher for their current donors as opposed to the zip codes that they're in. So when it goes to create the model, for these donors, it's going to look for individuals that are in this age group. So each bar represents two-year increments, and then the red line represents the zip codes where they donate to. So instead of doing a side-by-side -side bar, they do a, a, a chart graph as opposed to the bar. So looking at them, Profile A had 20% aged 50 to 55 to 65 and 21, so about 41%. Profile B had 23 and 22% at those age groups. 
So they were about 45%. Because companies that clone or profile each have their own databases that they use. There's five major compilers in the United States of consumer data that collect this information. Uh, companies like Axiom, Experian, uh, Acadata, um, yeah, there's, there's five. I can't remember them all offhand, but, but each of them uses a different database, and you're going to see some wildly different swings here in a moment. So home market value is the next one. And on the profile on the left, it shows 15% are 100 to 150,000, and 20% are 150 to 200,000. So roughly 35% are in that 100 to $200,000 range for home value. Profile on the right shows 26% at 100 to 150,000. So it's almost double. And 20%, the same 20% at 150 to 200,000. So they're looking at almost 50% of the donors live in homes that have a value of 100 to 200,000, where this group is about a third. So what happens is when they go to score homes to select or recommend for you for cloning your donors, this is where they start to become different in the types of households that they select for targeting for your campaigns. Household income. Profile A, here, it starts at 125,000, has a penetration index of 130. So profile A is saying we need to target homes that have incomes of $125,000 plus because only 6% are under $30,000 and they have 19% with 75 to 100. Profiler B has 23% of the donors under $30,000. Wildly different swing from what they have. And 14%, slightly less, is in that 75 to 90, $99,000. Um, so it becomes then a gut check. What do you feel really represents? Because these two profiles are saying things entirely different. So when this builds the model, they're under $30,000. When this builds the model, they're over $125,000 to create those. Now, same thing. They still have the red line here, and they're doing exceedingly well in the 75 to 100, and the 100 to 125, and so on. So when this model gets built, it will select some names from here and select some names from here as a part of their cloning process. Estimated net worth. We all know that's an important part of uh, reflecting who a donor might be. Uh, in this case, 8% is under 25,000 and 29% are over 250,000. And they, th this profiler stops at a half million dollars where this particular profile goes all the way up to $10 million in net worth. So they show that 18% are under 25,000. Again, because they found homes and incomes that were under $30,000. So they're starting to look at a totally different type of household that is a typical donor for their charity as opposed to what was coming up in on this side. So this side started to become more reflective of the type of donor that they really had. Uh, lower income, uh, lower net worth. Um, lifestyles. Um, this one found all the lifestyles except home life. These were people that don't stay at home. They go out and do things as opposed to this group, which starts to go different and says, okay, are these charitable donors? And what it found is 22% of these people don't give to any other charities. <laughs> or they give to a lot of charities. 
So it was really different, but uh, same thing. You'll, you'll see when we get to the model that generated. So company A simply compares the short bars and tall bars to build their model. Company B takes in all 550 demographics and lifestyle interests to build their model and score it. And these were the extra attributes that they found above the ones that were already in the profile that these people uh, give to charity. They have no children in the home. Uh, their net worth is $100,000 plus is the best for responders. And their monthly discretionary spend is $1,000 a month. So that's how they built their models. A part of the process is also being the ability to create a map. Um, on the left is a pinpoint map using Google, and you'll see in this particular charity that they, they have a lot of donors in the Berea Olmstead Falls area, in the Lakewood area, and in the University Heights area. So that helps them if they're trying to do event planning or they're doing other types of programs to promote their charity. Uh, the right side is a heat map where red is the highest concentration uh, blue is the lowest concentration. Uh, but either are available, you can choose which one you prefer. Then each creates what are called scored lists, taking the information from the profile and from the model that's created, every single household in the zip codes where they solicit is scored based upon how well it matches the existing donors. Uh, on the left side, uh, we picked a few zip codes. Uh, they break them into 10% increments. The best, the people that scored 90% or more as a match were called premium, preferred, and select. And they have 28,000, almost 29,000 names based upon their model. This has 25,000. But again, it's slightly different because they had lower incomes and lower home values as a part of their model. So while the counts are similar, the names are different. Did you know you can increase your response rates by as much as 50% when you target current customers with personalized marketing tactics? Contact Midwest Direct today for more information. So the other option is you can actually append up to 550 different demographic lifestyle and interest values to your database. This allows you, you own the data then, you can personalize your communication because you know if they have a boat or if they have an RV. Um, so you can personalize your communications, but you have to do your own analysis. You have to select your own values. And it's a little more expensive than profiles. It depends on what your budget is. Um, the, the append data is sort of set up like, has anybody been to Bar Barrio? Yeah, where they give you the whole list of things that you can add on to your, your taco. Okay, this is the same thing. You actually get an Excel sheet with 550 demographics, and you decide which ones you want to add to your database, what is important to you to know about your donors. So this is a different nonprofit organization. They're located in Cleveland, and they decided rather than build a model, they wanted to append the data and do their own analysis. So they chose boats, gardening, golf, and great outdoors 
And you'll see here, no was 52%, gardening was no 53%, golf, no 43%, great outdoors was yes, 54%. But each one of these was added to each record in their donor database. Uh, then they wanted to find out what they were interested in, so where do they donate? Uh, they don't donate to animals or elephants. Um, children's causes, um, some health causes, but uh, what showed up was they donate to political conservative causes. It was important. But again, because they had all this information, they knew how to speak to each one of their donors, but it also allowed them to go to, uh, they also appended what kind of car they have which I thought was interested, but they used that because they, they print a program and they're able to use that to go out and solicit advertisers because they know what kind of cars their donors drive. And it became important information and, and they were able to show them hard facts. These are the types of vehicles that our, our donors have. So I'm running out of time. How do we speak? Um, so. How you speak to the four generations, uh, millennials, Gen Xers, baby boomers, and the greatest generation, I'm not there yet. Um, what percent of the population they are. Yeah, that raised some eyebrows from my coworkers. <laughs> Online giving donate, 15%. So the, the Facebook givers are the Gen Xers and the baby boomers, the 40 to 75 year olds. Most of these attend events. What surprised me, and this came from that donor USA, 41% uh, of all giving comes from Gen Xers aged 40 to 54. That, numbers, that number really surprised me. As opposed to 19% from baby boomers and 26% from the greatest generation. How much they give to charity, but, but this is the communication. The millennials, the 24 to 40, are active on the phones and social media. They aren't email and they aren't into telemarketing. Mostly because they're cell phones, there's no landlines. Gen Xers, uh, phone, social media, direct mail, and telemarketing, as are the baby boomers. Uh, baby boomers answer calls, they check email, they text, they social media, and they respond to direct mail. In fact, almost 25% of them donate because of a, a direct mail solicitation. The greatest generation prefer direct mail and calls and not the rest, which seems fairly obvious. They're not into the email, the texting, and the social media. Uh, on, on average, direct mail generates higher response rates, but email generates higher gifts. Direct mail only donors renew at higher rates than email donors. Email donors seem to be one-off donations, uh, but multi-channel donors are the strongest donors. Expectations on response rates, house file around 7%, average gift was $24. Prospects was about 2%, average gift to 15%. Email, the average response rate is less than one-tenth of one percent. In the average gift, though, you see was $36. This is, again, from the, uh, this is the Direct Mail Association Response Analysis book for 2018. And telephone response rate is 23% with an average gift of just under $25. Um, email drives around 25 or 28% of online revenue. 68% of donors trust websites. They go to your websites. You'll see that stat coming up here in a moment. Uh, for every thousand emails that you send, it will raise an average of $17. Again, this was the national average from the DMA. And open rate on emails is about 15 to 18%.
Yeah, one more slide. 90% of your prospects will visit your website before they donate, which I thought was an interesting statistic. People go check out your website because they want to know about your charity uh, when they receive that direct mail or digital solicitation. 96% of people who visit your website do so without making a donation. They're just looking around. Uh, direct mail and digital ads will increase that response rate. Um, web visitors who are retargeted, which is, I think we're going to talk about retargeting next, are 70% more likely to convert and 26% of those will actually return to the website with retargeting to make a donation. So my recap is focus on the data health, good addresses, zip plus four is the key word. Um, while relationships and stewardships are key to developing strong donors, uh, you also have to focus on the cleanliness of your database. Remove duplicates, outdated, and incorrect records. Uh, ask for help in understanding who your donors are with this profile or cloning process. Uh, understand where they are, um, how old they are, and the best way to c communicate with them. Make sure you clean your data. Uh, and then find new donors with this profile or appending the demographic information to your data. And that's it. And did I make it? Sure. Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and no damage oh, with my pointer, so. Wait, don't go anywhere yet, Gary. We're not gonna let you oh. off that easy. Maybe these folks have some questions. How many people in here are data scientists? Raise your hand, data scientist, anyone, anyone? So there might be a few people who have a few questions. There's a lot of information. Yeah, sure was. So, yeah, so if you've got questions on, like, how would you get started? Because I'm just a mere marketer, so I look at something like that and I think, first question I've got is, how would I get started with that besides just pulling a list, right? I got my list, and I might be able to go find a couple more lists, but I'd really like to hear more from you later about how to actually get started with that. So feel free to grab Gary. In this session, Gary taught us some amazing lessons and showed us how powerful data can really be. With help from data experts like Gary and his team, you don't have to be afraid of finding the right targets. Whether you are a nonprofit company or a for-profit organization, Midwest Direct and our data division, C-Track Direct, can help you with all of your data needs. Give us a call today at 1-800-686-6666 or email marketing at mw-direct.com to get started with one of our data experts. Oh, and don't forget to check out the links in the description for more information on our team, what Midwest Direct has to offer, and the resources from the CLE Nonprofit Summit. Thanks for listening. Achieve all your marketing goals with Midwest Direct. Contact us at mw-direct.com or call us at 1-800-686-6666 and get started today. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel now. You don't want to miss any of our fun upcoming announcements.